The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 254. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I take questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med discussion over at premedforms.com. If you haven't yet, go sign up for a free account, again, premedforms.com, and ask your question that potentially could be asked here on the podcast. Now, don't forget that Old Pre-Meds is brought to you by MAPD, M-A-P-P-D, Dot com. Go sign up for a free two-week trial today. For the longest time, I've, I've been in this pre-med world now, obviously as a pre-med myself, but now as an advisor, as a coach, as a podcaster for over eight years. And for the longest time, I've wanted to develop something to help more of you get to the guidance and navigation that you need on your journey to medical school. A lot of you don't have access to pre-med advisors. A lot of you do have access to pre-med advisors, but don't seek out their help for one reason or another. MAPT is where you need to go to get the guidance that you need to get in to medical school. Starting on day one, as soon as you know your pre-med, sign up for MAPT, start tracking your courses, start tracking your activities, start tracking all of your MCAT information, in MAPT, you will tell us when you plan on starting medical school, obviously where you are at now, the classes you've taken, the grades you've gotten, the diagnostic score that you've received on your MCAT, all of the other full-length scores that you've received on your MCAT. And based on that information, we can give you dedicated, personalized information for you. Guidance specifically, feedback specifically for you. We're building all of that out right now as I'm recording this. By the time this episode comes out, it should be another week or two before it's live for everyone. Just the very start of these feedback algorithms to really give you the guidance that you need to get into medical school. Again, go sign up for a free two-week trial at mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com. Now, our question today comes from a student wondering about at-home experiences that count as a clinical experience. Our student says, hello, as part of my job of, quote, being a good kid to sick parents, I have to do some rather technical work in the administration of at-home hemodialysis for my father, who has CKD stage six. I can plainly see run-of-the-mill caregiving isn't clinical experience for the sake of medical school apps, but this job of mine left me scratching my head a little. What does everyone here think, clinical or not so much? Clinical aspects had to be trained for about two months in proper technique in order to administer at-home hemodialysis, have to intervene in acute situations such as BP dropping, etc., and am generally doing the work of a dialysis nurse. Wasn't required to take on this job, but did so to help make my dad's life a little bit easier. Non-clinical aspects, home setting only one patient, my dad, not exactly branching into the, quote, caring for total strangers category. Thanks for reading. Let me know what you think. This is a super common question, not specifically from a hemodialysis standpoint, 
but from a caregiving standpoint. A lot of people assume if you are caregiving for a loved one, whether it's a sick child or a sick parent or a sick spouse, that that doesn't count as a clinical experience. Now, the AAMC actually has caregiving listed as like one of the five common clinical experiences or five uncommon ways to get clinical experience on their website. It's a blog post that they wrote at, at some point a year or two ago as I'm recording this in 2020. And a lot of people read that and, and were like, wait a minute, I didn't know that this thing that I was doing all of this time for a parent or a, again, a loved one, I didn't know that counted. It most certainly does. Just because, as this student pointed out, it's not a, quote, total stranger, doesn't mean that it's not clinical experience. The goal of clinical experience is to be able to show that you kind of understand what it's like to take care of people. Now, obviously, as a parent yourself, you are used to, quote, taking care of people. But if you have an ill child, right, a, a child with cancer, a child with uh, who was born with any sort of differences, then taking care of that child potentially could be thrown into the mix as a clinical experience. If you're in the hospital all the time with your child or a parent or a loved one, those potentially can be seen as clinical experiences. It's not a common way to think about what we talk about all the time in terms of what is a clinical experience and what is not, right? We think about clinical experience of phlebotomy, EMT, being a scribe in a lot of cases, those types of clinical experiences. You go, okay, I'm in a, in a workplace setting, I'm in a clinical setting, a hospital setting, I'm getting paid or I'm volunteering my time to, to be around to other patients, other providers, and I'm getting experience in the grand scheme of things. And a lot of people don't translate that to being at home, taking care of a loved one, but it certainly counts. Now, the one thing I will caution you on is a lot of students will take this one experience and go, well, I'm taking care of my dad doing hemodialysis. That's a lot of time and I don't have time for anything else. That's where students will get into trouble is if this caregiving is the bulk or all of your clinical experience. Now you are applying to medical school saying, I know what it's like to take care of people. I want to be a physician and here's why. But really the only experience you have is taking care of a loved one. And yes, it is completely different. I always make the joke that taking care of someone else's grandma Gertrude is completely different than taking care of your own grandma Gertrude. And that is so true. Taking care of, in, in this specific case, a father who's going through hemodialysis, that is going to be completely different than being in a clinical setting, in a hospital setting, and taking care of someone else. The communication is different. The stresses are different. How they treat you is going to be different. And you can see all of those stresses and, and determine if you like those different than being at home taking care of a loved one. So they are different, and I would say that this specific caregiving experience is a little bit less than something else, but it 1,000% counts as clinical experience. It's just not the only clinical experience or the most uh, of all of your clinical experiences that you want to lean on to 
show that you have the experiences necessary to prove that you want to be a physician. So as you're going through this journey, make sure you're getting the experiences that round out all of of your experiences and, and exposures to medicine and to healthcare to be able to put a picture together to show admissions committees that this is what you want to do. Remember, at the end of the day, you may hear me talk and say, well, that's crazy. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. This is what I'm doing. I'm focused on helping my loved one. At the end of the day, all of this is to help you put together a picture in your head of what being a physician is like outside of watching TV shows and be able to succinctly and appropriately talk about why you want to be a physician in your personal statement. And if you don't have the proper experiences, you will not be able to do that in your application. Whenever I talk to students about their personal statements or wherever they're struggling in their journey, I always will ask about their clinical experiences. And nine times out of 10, the students who are struggling with their personal statement don't have clinical experience to support why they want to be a physician. It's just something that they've, quote, always wanted to be. And those are the personal statements and those are the applications that usually don't make any impact on an admissions committee to end up on a pile for an interview and ultimately an acceptance. So hopefully this helps you on your journey. If you're a caretaker for a loved one, thank you for doing that. I'm sure they appreciate you very much. Make sure that you're trying to get some other experiences as well. Again, don't forget to check out mappedmappd.com for the new technology platform that I co-founded to really help you on your journey, tracking and navigating your journey to medical school. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.